brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Now back to Sports Shorts Radio with Ronnie Rance, Joel Davis, and Hunter McCann on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. And we're back. Full uh, full group over here. Derry Beckwith with us. Tommy Chrysan from MeetandPotatoesUSA.com. And then, of course, Hunter McCann uh, presented by Celebrity Theater. All right, Derry. So LSU uh, this week. What If you were on the team, would you be down with keeping the secret? I mean, I'm surprised that, that uh, the whole team knows. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody knows, but like they have, they've done a good job. Well, of Kelly told keeping them the, the whole team because he didn't want the defense to go. Why didn't you tell us? But made them swear not to put it out on social right, media. Right, right. But I mean, everybody feels like it's Daniels, but it's not official, and um, they've done a nice job. But I mean, do you think that's a good approach? I think I think it's a, it's a great approach, uh, just because if someone on the in the locker room if if they know um, who the starter start cornerback is, I don't think it's a big deal. Now I think from a scheming standpoint, Florida State has to watch a lot of film, so they have to watch film on Daniels, they have to watch film on Nussmeyer. I even heard the Florida State head coach state that he had to go back and watch Nussmeyer's huddle account from high school right. to see his tendencies. So I think from that standpoint, it is a great thing as long as the locker room knows. Look, I think I have no issue with it. Now, if he didn't tell anybody anything, now that would be a problem. But if the locker room knows who the quarterback is going to be, I think it's totally fine. Yeah, supposedly he told the team Monday. Well, Derry, you've been there, done that. The team knows who's better unless it's that close. I mean, we've all been on a team. We know the guys that aren't getting in the game no matter what the score is. But they're a key part of the team. They're rah-rah. they, they got to be there for practice or whatever. Unless, as Coach Kelly said, it's just that close between these two guys, you know. I don't have a problem with him. He's the head coach. He can do what he wants. If that's what he thinks is the best move for the team, I'm good with it. It, um, Yeah, it's very rare, right? It's very rare that – and it wouldn't be rare in the off. Usually it's like during the season if the team starts to lose a couple games, maybe one faction of that team starts to think, well, maybe they should put so-and-so in, put the other guy in. But for right now – if it sounds like if we're Brian Kelly's to be believed of what he's saying, that that we expect both of them to play. I believe so. And whoever starts this game is on a hot seat. When I mean on a hot seat, it's the pressure to perform. I believe if they're not moving the ball in the first quarter like they want to, whoever the backup is going to come into the game. And throughout these first three games, you're going to really find out who's going to be the solidified starting quarterback for LSU just because he stated it. It's 1A, 1B. And so when it's 1A, 1B, it's almost like they went to a meeting and said, heads, Jane Daniels, tails, Nussmeyer, let's flip a coin. And that's what it sounds like. I will say, as a seasoned veteran being Brian Kelly, I, and like you said, I trust him to make this decision and make the right one. 
I think it's actually a good thing that it's been this close, especially to your point that the guy's going to be under a lot of pressure to perform, not to lose that job. But they've been fighting all offseason, knowing that it was going to be probably one of the two of them. I think for a long time they've known that. And they know that one slight mistake, even at practice, can mean the end of their job. So they've been under this pressure for not – it's not just going to be this one game, even though, you know, you can have the butterflies starting the game, everything like that, start the new season, everybody gets it. But they've had that pressure on their shoulders throughout the offseason. I think that will end up being their benefit. And it's not going to be something where they get so shaken thinking, oh, I need to perform and starts trying to force passes and, and this and that making mistakes. I think it's going to be something that they kind of can understand that I've felt that I've felt this all offseason. I know how to work through it. And whoever gets a starting job is able to perform, especially in tomorrow's matchup. The um, this this LSU team being that, you know, LSU doesn't know what what I mean, Florida State's not sure what to watch. They've got to go back and watch all the film, like you said, because they don't know what they're going to get based on transfers based on new coach based on last year's scheme versus this year's scheme so Florida State's been having to get after it on the other side LSU not so much right they got the same coach staff from a year ago and and they got to play last week I don't know how much if any you got to see of Florida State but um, you know take away from what you know and what you've seen uh, of what LSU's going to get they're, they're going to get a de- they're going to go against a defense that's extremely fast. Uh, they recruit a lot of guys that run track in high school. I know their defensive ends are extremely fast. Uh, their linebacker core is really great. Um, I don't know uh, one of the star linebackers may be out this game, but he was like Florida State's leading ta- uh, tackler in history of Florida State. Uh, they have two safeties that's going to play on Sundays. So I don't want to think people uh, to get the misconception that this is going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I believe I'm going to compare this game to the year when LSU went to Texas, and they did beat them with Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, everybody knows about the third and long to Justin Jefferson. That game was a struggle. It's back and forth. I believe this game is going to be the same type of impact because it's still at the beginning of the season, and these both these teams really don't have an identity as per se as of yet. So I think Florida State has a lot to prove, and I, I think they're getting tired of being the little brother of, of college football, and one time they were the big brother. So it's going to be a, a tough matchup, I don't think. It's going to be a defensive struggle. I'm, For me, I'm not looking for it to be a high-scoring game. This game it would be is bigger for Florida State than it is for LSU. And what I mean by that is if Florida State wins, it gives them a tremendous boost. They've stru- they've been It's been rough the last three years. They win, it, and now, put, okay, hey, we're, we're back to a certain degree. Um and you know they'll they'll probably jump into the rankings at 25, and they'll you know they'll, they'll fill up the stands, and people will feel much better about their about their team and about their chances in their conference this year. For LSU, if they win, they're supposed to win. They're they're the favorite, but they got tougher games ahead of them. So LSU can overcome a loss and still have a successful season. Florida State needs this one. That said, both programs are a mess, and they think they're. They think they're on the right path, and we're and, and somebody's going to feel like on Monday morning they are on the right path, and the other is still going to be questioning. LSU, I hate to say this this early in the season in the first game, but Ronnie, this is a must win. And the reason I say it's a must win because we know what happened last year in UCLA, we know what happened in the past two seasons. You know, mediocre 500 seasons. If they were to lose this game. I don't know the reaction from the fan base and the reaction from the locker room because they dealt with it the last two years in turmoil. So this is a must win for them, I believe, to kind of get over their hump, to let people know, look, you know, the old, the old LSU that you saw last two seasons, this this is not it. This is a new a new turn of the leaf. 
a new program, a new regime. So they have to go out and win this football game because if they don't, like you said, that, that schedule that they have is brutal. Every SEC game that they play is a toss-up. So I believe by winning this game, you can kind of maybe put yourself in an eight to nine-win nine window. If you don't, and now you're looking, you know, right. six or seven, you do not want that to happen. Momentum's a real killer. I mean, it's a real thing. So like you said, like you win tonight – or excuse me, you win tomorrow night, and it really can set you up for success later down the road because if not, then you start questioning – the head coach, the quarterback now, how your defense performed. You start questioning too many aspects of, of, of a lot of new moving gears in this LSU team, and that can spiral out of control and cause a lot of chaos. Well, Tommy, as you know, like as a new coach, the buy-in factor will be huge if you win tomorrow. Yeah, well, from all the – not just the head coach, but, you know, the coordinators and the position coaches. I mean, you only got, you know, the line coach, Davis, that's back. And then Frank Wilson's kind of back, but he wasn't a part of these guys' staff. But, no, I, I think that's going to be – there's going to be a lot of questions get answered tomorrow night. And there'll be – not all questions will get answered, but a lot will. But I think the players, you know, that, that buy-in thing is, is a lot bigger than some people want to think. I mean, and, that, and Derry's nodding his head because he's been there, done that. If they have bought in and it yields a success, which success is winning the game tomorrow night, then that's that's jumping one of the hurdles you got to jump, right, Derry? He brings up a good a good point. Coach Miles' first year, you know, he he had to follow behind Nick Saban, and so the whole thing was he was just taking Nick Saban players and just basically, you know, kept the machine going. Right. And so we go to Arizona State because of Hurricane Katrina. You know, we win the game barely. You know, at the end of the game, we win the game. Jamarcus Russell early. Yeah, check. I mean, like, you know, it was early in <laughs> or out. Like, if there was replay, yeah, you know, y'all, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> you know. History says LSU. Yeah, so, <laughs> right, right. You know right. what I mean? So, that was, that, right. and even then, like, SEC was still dominant. So, for us to kind of struggle with the with the Pac-12 school, Pac-10 back then, it was a little. Okay, now we get to Tennessee. And so, now, the training camp, my freshman year in Miles first year was brutal. When I say it was brutal, it was absolutely brutal. Didn't matter about Hurricane Katrina. We were still practicing. Didn't matter. It was brutal. So we played Tennessee. We up 21 nothing at halftime. Okay. We go in the second and a half. We lay an egg and we lose. He has a for sale sign up in his yard. <laughs> Play, players in the locker room. Now we feel like, wait a minute. Like we were up 21 nothing. Like wait a minute. What what is his what is his process? What is his, what was all that training camp about? So we start looking at each other like, is right. this really going to be? Right. Right. But the thing about that kept us over the top. We had guys like Andrew Whitworth, Joseph Adai. Been in Brazil, Kyle Williams, right. guys, guys who've been through it. So I don't know if we have those type of alphas on this team as of yet. Right. So yeah. that I think that'll be and the if key. We if do, they, we don't know who they we are. We don't know who they are. Right. Right. Did you seen that motivational video about LSU football? It's narrated by Whitworth. Yeah, it was good. Holy was good. smokes, was yeah, that really good. good. Google that if you hadn't I, seen I it. I gotta ask you real quick before we go to break. I'm terrified of Whitworth. Yeah, well, right. he was big too. Let me ask you this. As a freshman, yeah, he said he was terrified. Yeah, he told me like we played Arizona State. I think I had uh, my, sh- my, sh- my socks it was like low. Right here, my freshman, you know, I'm about to be on national TV. I'm, I'm ready. I'm from Baton Rouge. Right. Like I'm good. He said, if you walk out the locker room with those shorts, we can have a, with those socks that low, we can have a problem. Pull them up. So you know what I did? I pulled, pulled, up. pulled him up as high as they could go. Hey, that's it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like so let me ask you this: uh, the Tennessee game. Did did you see? Do you remember? Uh, were you around to see Les running off with the finger in the air at halftime? 
Did you happen to see it, or were you ahead of us? I'm glad I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here, so I was in the stands. I was in the stands for that game, and I was sitting in the what would that be? That would be the north north end zone. And I, but I was kind of like in the curve ish, and I remember I can't even remember who I was with, but I, but I remember when he ran off the field, and he ha- and he did the Joe Namath, you know. Like up twenty one people are like yay and he gave the like number one sign, like it, running off the field, going through the tunnel and everything. And I remember whoever uh, turning going, oh no, like you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. Like that's superstitious, <laughs> right? It's like talking about a no hitter while it's going on. Like you can't do that. And sure enough, <laughs> Clawson, Jimmy Clawson, Jimmy Clawson had a great, a great former LSU quarterback. Gerald Riggs was good as well. Yeah, but man, that was that was you talk about go from the out, White House to the outhouse in a half. I mean, that's just unbelievable. All right, uh, Davo Sweeney one time said, not recently said, one of the most meaningless things in a college football game is a halftime score. It's true. Well, you know, the last time LSU and Florida State played, LSU played Florida State in 1991. Chad Loop starting quarterback. They, you know, they had a 17. They had a six. They had a they had a two touchdown lead. I think I can't remember the exact score. Had a two touchdown lead at halftime, and then and LSU didn't score in the second half. And Florida State came back and beat them. Were you at that game? As yeah, I was. I was, I was. Yeah. I was in school. I was in school, and it stormed in the second half. So I don't know. I might have been. At, I might have been. At, I might have been at the Tiger by then, or something. <laughs> might have taken a. <laughs> there was no Venmo. I mean, there was no uh, Uber or pedicab back then. I was on, on two feet, probably at the Tiger by then. All right, we'll take a break. Be back with Derry Beckwith, Tommy Christ, and Hunter McCann, Ronnie Rance over here at the Calandro Supermarket, the home of all your tailgate needs, all your LSU parties and everything. Get all your party platters, beer, wine, liquor selection, both Calandros in Baton Rouge. We're at the Perkins and Segan spot till noon today. We'll be back with more presented by LaBears right after this. When it comes to celebrating life, there's no better place than Rafino's. to Sports Shorts Radio with Ronnie Rance, Joel Davis, and Hunter McCann on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. We're back over here at Calandro Supermarket, and with the weather, it stopped raining just now, but it's been off and on, not just today, all freaking summer long, it's been off and on raining. So if it is raining and you can't get outside and you look for something to do this afternoon, we got it for you, huh, Hunter? Absolutely. It, today is National Cinema Day, really? actually, yes, and Celebrity Theaters is honoring that by every show, no matter the time of the day, no matter what format you go see, they got two premium large format theaters over there huge screens that you can go see with over 100 seats in each auditorium three dollars three dollar movies today and marvel has just reopened their spider-man no way home that came out last year with some new additional scenes so if you want to go check that out only three dollars today and not only that but tomorrow the big game tomorrow that we've been talking about all day lsu versus florida state celebrity is going to have those games in those big auditoriums tomorrow for you to be able to go watch so if you want to go see they're, it's free admission, so if you if you don't have a place to go, they're going to have beer specials, popcorn specials, things like that. You can go with the entire family and watch the game on a huge screen with a bunch of other Tiger fans and have a great time. So check out Celebrity Theaters. You can follow them on social media at Celebrity Theaters on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
to get all the latest information or, or go visit them, 15365 Georgia Hill Road. All right, we're back over here. Derry Beckwith, uh, Tommy Chrysan, Hunter McCann, Ronnie Rance at the Calandro Supermarket uh, over at LaBear's. You can go place your bets on some games uh, over at the Sportsbook. Um, I went 0 for 3 on Thursday night. Did you? So I just want to be transparent. Just want to be transparent. Went 0 for 3 on I Thursday night. I was 1 0. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, glad you were 1 0. Uh, what, what did you do, Hunter? Did you bet Thursday night? So I did not get to bet Thursday night, actually. Um, unfortunately, my last set of bets were last weekend when I gave those picks um, on air last week. Gave two of my picks. Both of those hit. Uh, I know that you said you took one of those. and uh, mm-hmm. so Actually, went, I took them both. Took them both. So we went 2-0 and o last week on, on my picks, and I'll have three more for us later. I'm 2-3. 2-3. Uh, there you go. Starting off On the high. year. Hopefully by the end of this weekend uh, we can get everything else to hit. You'll be back on top. Did you see the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game at all? I thought the end of it. Okay, so I thought JT Daniels, the, the, the Georgia transfer, is a quarterback of West Virginia. A couple quick observations. One, hate West Virginia's helmets. Like, that, their, their, their state is not a cool-looking logo state, right? It's a blob. It looks like an ink, ink spill is what their state looks like. And so it's goofy, okay? Nobody, first off, if you were to see that helmet, you wouldn't go, oh, that's West Virginia. You'd be like, uh, there's an ink stain on your helmet, okay? So, but JT Daniels, who, you know, tough luck for him that he got hurt last year. I mean, the guy, they don't want a national championship in more dominant fashion. He'd been the quarterback. But um, he looked good. I thought he looked good. I mean, obviously the guy dropped the ball and changed the whole game, but I thought he looked pretty good. I felt bad for the receiver because he had outstanding game. Right. And so that uh, drop, you know, pass, and the guy picked it off, ran it back for a touchdown. But, you know, overall, I think a guy like JT Daniels has went through a lot. You know, you go, you go to USC, um, doesn't work out there. You go to Georgia, doesn't work out. You know, from a mental standpoint, you know, a guy like Stetson Ben in a walk-on, you know, took your, took your position basically. And I think for him, it's like, man, if I were health, was healthy, healthy last year, things would have been different. So um, he still has, you know, time to prove himself. And I do believe he is a quarterback that can play and will play on Sundays. Yeah, Bryce Ford Wheaton was that uh, 6'3 junior wide receiver who uh, dropped the pass, had two touchdowns, almost 100 yards receiving, had a big game. Ball hit him right there. I mean, they are – they're moving. They're going to win the game. We're going to at least get a field goal. And he drops it, and it goes the other way, pick six. I've never seen a game just – I mean, that's just – it changed on a dime. JT Daniels numbers, 23 for 40, passing, 214 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, so, you know, decent numbers. Um, they, You know, West Virginia threw for 214 yards, rushed for a buck 90. You know, probably should have won a game. but And I wanted West Virginia to win. You know why, Hunter? Because you bet on them? Because I took Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. Oh, and if no. you're going to lose and not give me the hook, yeah. if you're going to only win by seven, the hell with you. Yeah. I want you to lose. And so I was oh, pulling no. for West Virginia. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the hook got me. But uh, anyway, um, as far as the games today, uh, Hunter, give me some picks. I know you've been studying them. All right, so I got three big picks for us uh, coming into today. We got two games today, one tomorrow. Obviously, the one tomorrow is going to be LSU. We'll leave that one for the end. Um, two games, 2.30 today. We're looking at Arkansas and Cincinnati. I think this game is uh, going to be very heavily favored in Arkansas. I don't think the spread shows that. Spread right now is at 6.5 in favor of Arkansas. 
I think that Arkansas has too many big bodies on the offensive line. Come back three starting offensive linemen, and last year they were averaging over 200 yards at rushing uh, per game. I mean, this this team can run the ball. They can't really throw it, and I don't expect them to do it much. But Cincinnati is bringing back um, not too many defensive guys. I think they're going to have a lot of moving parts. Give me Arkansas minus six and a half for bet number one. Uh, like I said, another 2:30 game. We're going to have Georgia versus um, Oregon. Uh, both these teams have offensive components coming back. Defenses are a little bit in question. New coaching staff for Oregon. Um, I think the defenses are going to struggle a little bit. Uh, Georgia's a heavy favorite, a 16.5 point favorite. I think it's going to be a little bit closer to that, but I'm not taking the spread in that sense. I think the, the, both these teams are going to score a lot more points than are predicted. Give me Georgia and Oregon over 54 points. Now moving on to Sunday, the one that I've been teasing for months and months and months that I picked is going to be my other pick for the day, LSU minus three. This game is going to be a fun one to watch. Derry talked about it earlier. I think it'll be closer than some people think, but I think LSU takes this one more more than three. Um, I have them as a heavy favorite, beating Florida State at the home away from home in the Superdome. Give me LSU minus three to wrap up the best bets of this week. LSU minus three. The, the thing about Arkansas, guys, that concerns me is everybody likes that bet a lot. Like, everybody's taking Arkansas minus six and a half. Everybody on national TV thinks they're, you know, Arkansas. And, and, and you're dealing with an Arkansas program that's not used to being good. Like, last year they came out of nowhere. They won nine games before that. They won five combined in the two previous seasons. So, like, you know, those kind of programs that aren't supposed to be good year in and year out, I, I wonder they've been hearing how great they are all off season and all the expectation of this season. This feels like a laying an egg situation. That said, I still bet the minus six and a half. <laughs> I, still, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I mean, but but if if they don't cover, it's because of everything I just said. Like they're just not used to having success and being the favorite and being the team everybody's talking good about. They're used to being the the underdog. And now Cincinnati lost its staff. It lost its quarterback. It lost a lot of players. This isn't Cincinnati from a year ago, but that's a proven winning program. And Arkansas is not a proven winning program. Something's got to give. Probably will be my wallet. I'm taking I'm taking <laughs> Arkansas minus six and a half. <laughs> I think Arkansas, uh, two things they have going for them. I think they have a great quarterback coming back. And the whole team and the players and the program and the university and administrative is brought, brought in to the head coach. And so you have that. I think uh, you will see success from Arkansas down the road. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but consistently they'll be in the hunt winning eight, nine games a year. And they are at home today, and there's nothing to do in Fayetteville other than go to an Arkansas football game or a baseball or basketball game. So the, the, the guys with the pig things on the hats, the Razorback hats, they're going to be everywhere. I would like Arkansas in that game to roll because Cincinnati going to have the letdown after the playoff appearance last year. I'm picking Cincinnati just because I, I hate the pig Suey chant. <laughs> it is it is obnoxious. It is atrocious. So, oh, God. Coach Wh- Miles, which worse? Calling the, the pigs. They're calling the pigs. Which worse, that or the cowbells at Mississippi State? Uh, the pig Suey because of Coach Miles it made it worse. Oh, why? <laughs> he gave a pregame speech one time. We were playing Arkansas, and he said that it was what was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday before the game, we're in the hotel getting ready to go. He gave his pregame speech, and he said he brought us in. He said, "Guys, so this is, this is a big game." He said, "Last night, I sit in my hotel room, and I get a phone call 
And he rang once. I didn't answer it. He rang again. I still didn't answer it. He rang the third time. And I picked up the phone. And I said, this is less. And on the back of the phone, <laughs> I, I'm not joking. On the back of the phone, all I could hear was, And he started doing the whole chant. He did the whole chant. He's like, man, let's go, let's go play some ball. And everybody in the room sat there. Roddy, you were right. And, and sat right. there in amazement. And we looked at each other. And we said, if we lose this game, he's going to be the reason that we lose this game. And we lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> on, the last, on the last play. Is that uh, the triple overtime? No, that no. was the throw in the that back was, of the end yeah. zone. That was throw in the back of the end zone. Little Rock. Yeah, yeah. Little Rock. Oh, when we God. decided under two minutes and played man-to-man -man coverage yeah, instead right. of zone. But right. in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still remember. Like, it's just your facial expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that, hey, was, hey, that, hey. Was, that was Mac jo Matt Jones at quarterback, wasn't it? No. no. I only, I only know the guy's name. like uh, Dickie Jones or somebody. Okay, it wasn't a big, big, tall white guy. It wasn't Matt Jones, but they have a tall quarterback. But he got benched. They brought another guy okay. in named okay. Dick Gregory somebody <laughs> and we decided some to guy named Dick threw a touchdown beat Dick you. Threw a touchdown. <laughs> beat you. Right. it was like 30 <laughs> seconds left we still playing man to man I said I, I told the defense coordinator at the time I said how about we play some zone he's like no we're not playing zone I said well if you keep playing man they're going to take a deep shot and end up hitting it like the, the probability of them hitting it is going to happen and that's what happened <laughs> like you told them that on I the told field him. Then, but see you know coaches have a lot of pride well, you're yeah. not going to tell me what defense to run right Right, but I mean, I play a lot of games. We're gonna bring them. We're gonna bring the blitz. No, he blitz. He blitz. Come no. after him. He blitzed me. Right. He blitzed me. Right. I mean, Touchdown. Ball game. Yeah. Let's let's let him throw it down to the ten yard line and win the game. It's okay. <laughs> you know. Um. So by the way, last night, anybody see this? Old Dominion beat uh, Virginia Tech. Yep. On the final play of the game, Virginia Tech's up seventeen thirteen. Old Dominion's on the one yard line. They run a quarterback sneak and push it across. Sun Belt Conference team who was picked at the Sunbelt Conference Media Days a few weeks ago in New Orleans to finish last in their division. And they went and knocked off Virginia Tech. That gives you an idea of the transfer portal and how it affects college football. A&M's up 7 nothing late first quarter. Michigan up 10 nothing eight minutes to go first quarter. And North Carolina State, ranked 13, trails East Carolina 7 nothing midway first quarter. Yeah, and Appalachian State beating North Carolina 14-7 early. So both Carolinas <laughs> and from the north uh, struggling a little bit uh, at, as those games, uh, those games start. Lee Corso, by the way, uh, FYI, took Florida State. Over, oh, of course he did. Over, over he LSU. went there. Yeah. 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 And, and he uh, coached there as an assistant at one time. It doesn't say, I mean, it didn't shock me. It, it really so didn't. Does he I know he took to. Florida State? Oh, come on. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Alzheimer's Al? That, uh, we had, so in the late no, no, that, you that's know, epic. Yeah, so in the late 90s on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> John in, S. In, in, in Baton Rouge, okay. there was a it was Alzheimer's Al was a character that John Simino created. And then he – so he did it on his own show, which was called Around the Horn, that he and I actually did for a little while together. And then he would call in a Jimmy Ott show for the next X amount of years from time to time as Alzheimer's Al. It was the best. But, but the best thing was, and, you know, it used to be a thing to say first-time caller. Right. right okay, right, like you'd right. never called the show right, before. Right, right, right. You know, you would hey, build, Jimmy, build, love the show, first-time caller. Denim Springs. Right. I have been, I've been listening for a year, Jimmy, first-time caller. Well, every time Alzheimer's Al called the show, he'd say first-time caller. And, I mean, you knew it was coming. He'd go, hey, Jimmy, this is Alzheimer's Al. Uh, uh, first-time caller, Jimmy. Right. And, 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 wait a he was, every, every day. And, and every time he'd be like, this is late 90s, okay, late 90s. 
Hey, Jimmy, uh, Alzheimer's Al here, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I think the Tigers need to give it to Billy Cannon more. You know, they need to give it to Billy and let Bert Jones throw it. You know, like he was, he was, he was his brain was in the, And then inevitably, he'd always, he'd always end the call by, uh, where's my puppy? I can't find my puppy. I got to go. I lost my puppy. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's so good. I, I miss the I miss the callers, man. You know, the show, we don't do that anymore. You know, that the, 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 the sports talk genre has moved on. It's, it's, it's going, you know, it's gotten much smarter over the years. We have guests and all that. But oh, it was nothing better than a Mike from Plaquemine or the Bomber or, well, you know, or and, Alzheimer's and Al every once in a while. Not everybody's going to know what I'm talking about, but you will, right? Buddy D was an icon sportscaster in New Orleans. And his show was the star of his show were all the callers. Yeah. You know, Ab- Abdul the tent maker and the oh, squirrels and all that. Yeah. I mean, the, the the Saints post game show back in the day when Buddy D was there, the star of the show was those five or six or seven. And it might have been two people because many people called us more than one person, used different names. But uh, that that those days are gone, Ronnie. You're right. Uh, are we uh, how are we on breaks? We're gonna have to take one right now. All right, we gotta take a break. Uh, running behind like always. We'll come back with more sports shorts live from Calando Supermarket. Uh, we'll be back with more right after this. Presented by LaBear's Casino. Now back to Sports Shorts Radio with Ronnie Rance, Joel Davis, and Hunter McCann on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. And we're back here on this college football Saturday. I mean, we are underway. It is full throat. Um, some of the good games to, you know, watch. Of course, Arkansas and Cincinnati, as we mentioned. Arkansas ranked 19th, Cincinnati uh, 23. Um, I want to see Ole Miss. I know they're not going to get super tested today. They're taking on uh, Troy, and they're a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. But I want to see what Ole Miss looks like without Corral, right? And, you know, they're expected to again. It's like Arkansas. Can you be good for two, three years in a row? You know, you're a program that's not used to consistency and winning. So I'm curious to see what Ole Miss does with a non-Heisman candidate quarterback. And you know, can they keep the train moving? Can the lane train keep it moving uh, on a consistent level year in and year out? You know? I, I mean, I believe so. As far as they're always going to be exciting, especially with Lane Kiffin. You never know. Which direction he's, he's always going to go for? He's going to go. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he got a guy that was at a at a party uh, doing a keg stand and said, "Hey, come punt for us." So <laughs> right. he's always going to have that excitement about the program. They're going to put up points. The offense is going to be exciting. I do believe even the quarterback, uh, the guy played well in the bowl game last year uh, when Matt Crow wasn't able to play. So they're always going to be exciting on offense. He's probably still one of the elite play callers in college football. So he's always going to put you in a position to win the game. Now, if he makes the right decisions to win the game. As I'm, I'm speaking with Lane Kiffin, that's the big question. Last year it was Alabama. He kept going for it on fourth down. Uh, and so he said percentage-wise, scientific, I don't know what he was talking about. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Lane Kiffin did science. He doesn't no, use much logic, no. no. no, no. Um, but, you know, the, the other game that, that, that I think we're going to learn a lot, I mean, I, you know, Ole Miss is just a question of whether they cover the 21-and-a-half or not. But the other team that we're going to learn a lot is Florida. Florida's in the swamp, taking on Utah. Utah's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, that's that's a coin flip game. And Utah's a team that's one of the better teams in the Big tw- in the Pac-12. They won it last year and right. picked to win it this year. Right. So, I mean, like, this is a big game. We're going to find out a lot about Florida and, and first-year coach Napier. Billy Napier. You know, I mean, like, they go win that game. 
I mean, it's kind of like a Brian Kelly thing, except even a bigger test. Yeah. They win that game. That changes the whole feel of your team. You talk about buy-in from your players. They're like, oh, man, Billy Napier's making a difference. Buy-in from the fans. And now all of a sudden that LSU game in the swamp, gonna, gonna, the Tigers are probably going to be an underdog. Before we go to break, Ronnie, i got to tell you and Dar- I tell you three guys about this. Just came across Twitter. Rutgers had to punt on fourth and goal. Excuse me? Oh, because they got kept getting sacked or penalties. Or oh, 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 they had oh, to yeah. punt the ball on fourth oh, and Lord. goal. Yeah. Come on, Rutgers. It's going to be a long year. Yeah. My brain was not – I mean, yeah. Darryl, like, what do you, what do you mean they had a point on fourth, fourth and goal? goal? Well, but, yeah, I guess so. Sacks yeah. or right, right, penalties. Right. Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's terrible. Wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that's so right. Rutgers. <laughs> that's going to be tough to top that this year by any team. Fourth down, goal. Hey, punt unit, get out there. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I don't know if I've ever seen that in my life. No. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you may not have seen it. I, it's I'm, just, oh, I'm sure it's it has happened. That, that, that is terrible. All right, so I'm I'm going to do it. Oh, no. I'm going back on the Alabama first half line bet. Jump it. 27. 27 and a half. Yep, lay it. Alabama taking, on, taking on Utah State. <laughs> 27 and a half point. You know, like the, the two and a half years they were on a heater. Then something happened last year midway through the season. And all of a sudden, Alabama had a losing record in the first half line the last probably six, seven games of the year. I don't know where that came from. but So you're taking I'm, the over? I'm taking them back. Taking it over. Putting putting Alabama back on it. First half line, 27.5 over Utah State. Alabama's got a 41, 42-point spread on the game. I mean, they are just – there's no weakness to their game, man. And I guess I'm going to have to – if you rode my picks last week, I guess i got to ride the ride, uh, Ronnie's pick today. Alabama minus 27 and a half I'm first just, half. I'm going with law of averages, and I'm going with the fact that, you know, they're just really good. I yeah. mean, they're just really, really good. Um, you know, I Nick Saban, who one day will be inducted into Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, he's officially been voted, was supposed to go in in 2020, and – now we'll, we'll wait to see, you know, he'll either, probably either go in after he retires or next July. We're actually going to have our induction ceremony next July 27th, 28th, 29th, which normally we have it in June, but it's going to be the last weekend in July. And we're doing that because uh, Eli Manning is expected is going to be in that class. And Eli couldn't make the June event because of uh, uh, conflict with the Manning Passing Academy. So we had some other dates that worked for the, the city and all the venues and that was one of the ones, and Eli picked it, and so we went with it. Nick should be able to make that, but that's going to be right before the beginning of the training camp. So I don't think he's going to come. I think he's going to wait till he retires, but we'll, we'll work, get that all worked out. But Nick Saban, I mean, there, there's just not enough bouquets can be thrown his way. And if you're wondering if he still has any fire, did you see his coach's show earlier this week where he went on off on another Nick Saban-like tangent, you know, just and he hasn't even played a game yet. And he was already fired up, yelling and screaming. Yeah, I read a thing the other day. Some people were saying, you know, you know, he's never won the Coach of the Year award when he really should win it every year. Yeah, because it's hard to do what he does every year. But everybody expects them to be, you know, eleven and one, twelve and one, playing for the national championship. So when he does it, they don't think he was, you know. He just signed a, an extension that gives him like eight years left on his deal, or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's for recruiting purposes. We know. I mean, who? Kn- but what do you think? When, like, when do you think he retires? Do you, I mean, uh, from from my viewpoint, um, the way that he's still coaching and the way that he's still enthused about the game, even watch. I did watch that rant at the radio. Um, for me, 
a guy like that does not seem like he's going to get get ready to retire soon. I because retirement means that you're tired of doing what you're doing. You can't do it at an elite level. He's still doing it in recruiting at an elite level. So why would you retire? I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to coach. And he might be 10 more years. I mean, you know, other coaches have coached a long time until their health went. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Final segment of Sports Shorts presented by the Bears. By the way, the 2023 Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame class will be announced in about two weeks, sometime around the 14th, 15th of September. It is an incredible class. Uh, it's, it's a lot of big names. Obviously, I mentioned Eli. That's the only one I'll tell you about just because everybody knows he's eligible this year, and clearly Eli Manning's going get to get into a first ballot Hall of Fame. But uh, the other nine Hall of Famers that we're going to have listed are uh, unbelievable. I uh, can't wait to tell you about it on September the 14th, 15th, something like that. We'll be back. Final segment of Sports Shorts presented by LeBear's Casino from the all-great Calandro Supermarket right after this. Now back to Sports Shorts Radio with Ronnie Rance, Joel Davis, and Hunter McCann on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. All right, final segment of Sports Shorts over here at Calandros. Thanks to them for host, hosting us as they do uh, once a month. Uh, we'll be over at LaBear's Casino by the uh, by the sports book uh, next week. Uh, all right, so let's, let's go around the table here with Derry Beckwith. You'll start us off, D. Um, LSU, Florida State, minus three, over under 50, 50 and a half. Go whatever direction you want. You're not a big gambler, but if you did put a couple bucks on the game, mm-hmm. where, where, where are you leaning? I'm going to lean towards LSU just because of the Superdome advantage, home field advantage. So uh, I'm looking uh, at a score of 21-17 to 17 LSU. Okay, so uh, you, you, you definitely uh, based on that, you should take the under and you should take LSU maybe a little heavier on the under. Tommy? My pick's at meatandpotatoesusa.com, money-back guarantee. I'll tell you, I'm picking the spread. You don't know which way. Get it. But I think it's going to go over 50 points. I'm a little opposite of Derry. Dan. Over 50, high scoring. Okay. All right, and you're you're kind of over what most people think. Is the line's going down? It was at fifty one and a half. Now it's at fifty fifty and a half. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I actually so I have LSU. We already talked about it. We got the spread going. I have LSU with a final score twenty seven seventeen. I think the Tigers jump out early, start making some mistakes, let Florida State get back into it, but end up pulling away twenty seven seventeen. So I have, if you're taking the over under, I have a predicted under. Okay, and and I like the under, and uh, I like the Tigers minus three. I did bet both of those. I we've been hearing so much about this LSU defense. It's game one. It's a it's a new offense. It's a new system. I think LSU is going to be conservative to not turn the ball over. And if this LSU defense is as good as we think it is, then they're going to you know it's going to be a tight tighter game, and they're going to. You know, again, first game, just make sure we line up correctly. Let's make sure when we go on two, we don't jump off sides, you know, all that kind of stuff. Make sure so, we got 11 out there on special teams. Right, right. Man. <laughs> Staying on the mat with the circles and all that. Hey, you're number eight. Where's number eight? We're missing eight. You know, and <laughs> he's over there drinking water. But anyway, I I, I, I like the, uh, the Tigers and the under. So, Tommy, the lone guy who thinks it's going to be high scoring. All right, we'll be back next week with more of that. Plus, when we come back next week, LSU's going to take on Southern. The bands are expected to play together, and I've got the ultimate LSU Tiger band story. I'll tell you next Saturday how it actually cost me my job 20 years ago being critical of the Tiger band. I'll tell you that story, and it's kind of ironic that they're taking on Southern and going to be backing that thing up a little bit next Saturday in Tiger Stadium. <laughs> Special thanks to Calandros, to LaBerge Casino, to Derry, Tommy, Hunter. I'm Ronnie Rance. 
Have a great week, everybody. Go Tigers. And uh, on your way down to New Orleans, stop by Calandro's and pick up some of the great tailgate food. It's going to be an awesome time. And we'll talk a lot more Saints as it will be opening day next, next week for the Saints. Until then, have a good one.